Here's what a broker will say to me. Okay, it sounds great. I got a property for sale for a million dollars. $500,000 buyer, $500,000 tax deduction. Well, how the heck do I get paid? We pay them. Yeah, we pay you on the $500,000 cash. And if the owner is saving $400,000 in a tax deduction, gets paid on that too. Okay, so we'll pay them on that at the 6% and give them an opportunity. How about relisting the property and selling this for us at a discount? Now you're making a lot more money. And if you think about it, Sam, this process, which normally will can take 30, 45 days, you're getting your money quicker. You're selling the property faster. Would I sacrifice $5,000 to sell the property in 30 days and then have a chance to resell it? Heck yeah, it wouldn't heartbeat. So I've never, ever, ever lost a deal because a commercial broker said, I'm not getting paid enough. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Sam Rust. Joining us today is Bob Miller. Uh, Bob is the founder and president of Real Estate Donations USA, a 501c3 nonprofit uh, for 15 years. He's housed over 50 homeless veterans over the years, given away two homes to veterans at the uh, Little Caesars Bowl, used his organization to donate over $4 million to charity and growing. Robert, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Sam. Thank you for having me. Robert, I'm curious, you're up in the Michigan area. What's your path into this pretty niche area of real estate? It's a real niche area. I'll tell you how I got into this thing. It's it's sort of sort of interesting. I was in corporate America for a long time working for a Fortune 50 company done in Bradstreet. I'm a college educated guy and from a private school and all that. And I was doing all right, but I always had calling of helping others. I've always volunteered. I've always helped, whether it's in the church, veterans, wherever. I've always had that blessing. So I decided, and I was in real estate. I've done residential. I've done commercial. I've done investment real estate. Been 30 years. Been doing real estate. How time flies. But I wanted to do something where I could still do my real estate and make a living, but help people along the way. I thought, how am I going to do that? How can I do that? And after much trial and error and falling off the cliff and scraping myself and doing all that, uh, I came up with Red USA uh, 15 years ago. I started this and I left corporate America 100% walked away from a salary and a paycheck and everything to start this. And uh, it's been the best blessing that I've ever had doing this. It was hard to get going, but it's going pretty good right now. We're really excited about the things we do. Appreciate you mentioning the $4 million we've raised. It's more than that now. And it's all through real estate. And we go, well, how do you do it through real estate? For most people, if you had a property, you wanted to donate to charity, most charities won't take it. What are they going to do with it. They're going to like, well, what if there's environmental issues? Yeah. They don't want to dispose it. It's a challenge for them to process. Oh, they and their board's like, I want no part of it. No. You know, the Boy Scouts got burnt for like $50 million. All these older people donating all this. I got this vacant parcel. I'm going to donate it to the Boy Scouts so they can build a nice big camp and all that. So they took all these properties in sight unseen. Well, little did they find out a majority of them had underground storage tanks buried on them and they had to clean these things. And so the government gave them a break, but nonetheless, so this has been the biggest fear. Charities don't take it. So what I decided to do is saying that I will take the property if you want to donate it. We're going to talk about a bargain sale in a minute, but it started with people donating houses. They would donate. I would take title. So let's say that I'm working with the veterans, vets returning home. And so I would say, I'll take the property in my name at red because we're the 501c3. And then we set up a network. I have equity partners. We sell the property with proceeds going to red and proceeds going to charity. And it can be the charity of the choice of the donor. Donor can choose where he would like or she would like the money to go. And so the system has 
worked out really well. So we went from doing houses in Detroit. And as the market continued to change, now we're just about exclusively doing commercial and industrial uh, buildings throughout the United States. I've partnered with a company called Sire Group out of Tampa, Florida, and they're a commercial real estate brokerage firm that specializes in this. So we're their charity conduit. We're about to close a property in the next week in Louisville, Kentucky. And then I got another closing coming up at the end of the month in Pittsburgh. And the money that we're going to be able to get out of these properties are going to go to help. uh, Number one, there's a group called Neighbors United, which helps first responders with occupational cancer. So firefighters, you know, that smoke and all that. So it's going to go to them. Vets returning home, veterans that have PTSD. And so we're going to provide housing and training, things like that. I donated to six charities in December. They love when you just give them a check. Yeah. So we're talking about is a section 170 bargain sale, which is technical lingo straight from the IRS. And you and I were talking a little bit beforehand. That this is an old section. This isn't something that's new back all the way to Woodrow Wilson, 1917. Maybe walk through the exact mechanics of how this works and what we're talking about here. Absolutely. Happy to. Basic philosophy on this, Sam, everybody knows buy low, sell high, right? Buy low, sell high. The main goal in investing. Okay. Right. What the IRS said, like you say, back in the 1900s is a person, I'm going to give you a very simple example. Let's say you own a home that's worth $100,000. Praise us, $100,000 home. You want to help charity. You can sell the house to me for 50 grand, 50,000, but only to me, a 501c3. You can't do it to your buddy or a real, it's got to be to a 501c3. You would get 50,000 cash and you would get a $50,000 tax deduction to equal your 100,000. And so these are for people that, you know, have high taxes, they're paying high taxes. It can be used over six years. So you don't have to say, oh, I'm going to use all 50 grand this year. I'll use 10 grand this year. I can use 20 next year. I'm expecting a good year next year for whatever they may be doing. So it's very, simple that we have equity partners. If I buy your house for $50,000, we may sell it for $70,000 to the investor. And think about it. If the investor buys it at 70 and it's worth 100, he's already got $30,000 equity in the house by just buying it. Everybody wins. And so you, as the seller, you get cash and a tax deduction. Investor gets a really good deal on a property and money goes to help charity. Everybody's happy on that kind of a deal. That's really the simplicity of it. Obviously, when you're dealing with industrial properties, there could be more complex issues. You got environmental, you got some different things to worry about. But nonetheless, the philosophy is exactly the same. The one we're doing now in Louisville is a pizza hut that we're doing. The gentleman apparently owns a whole bunch of them and he's just going to discard of this one. And so we're doing a bargain sale on it. I wish I had a different name for it, but that's the simplicity of it to that. Who does bargain sales? Who does them? Well, in the properties that we get, a lot of times are functionally obsolete. They might be vacant. They might have been on the market for two or three years. Can't sell it. Don't know what to do with it. We like income generating properties for sure. Investors do, our equity partners. And so the properties range in a lot of different things. You know as well as I do how much the market has changed here since COVID. On top of that, almost 50%, 50% of all nonprofits have gone out of business. It's the last thing we need in America to lose all of our do-gooders. And so this is the way we help to keep them in business. What is attributed to that stat? I mean, 50% of nonprofits over the last couple of years, why? Is it just because people quit donating? Is it because people turn their time to other things? No, it wasn't even that. People weren't making money. A lot of people were either laid off or people, they weren't generating the income that they have been. They didn't need a tax. So they were just like holding on to their money. They don't know where their job is going to be. They don't know. And so everybody just 
just kind of froze. Some of my biggest donors said, Bob, we just didn't make a lot of money this year. I don't need tax deductions. So I'm going to hold off for another year. I'm seeing a pickup now, but that's why. You know, most charities, the smaller ones, I'm not talking Red Cross and American Cancer Society and some of the really, really big ones are made up of all do-gooders. God bless them, they do really good. But you almost have to run a nonprofit like a for-profit to stay in business. At least I do, I have a business degree. But that's the reason why we lost a ton. A lot of my friends too, they just said, I can't do this anymore because I can't afford it. That's very interesting. So I'm curious why, I understand the part where you donate part of the property you, you sell, basically you can, and that is all fairly variable, I would imagine. But to use your example, $100,000 property, you sell it for 50 to this charity and you get a $50,000 tax deduction that you can use for up to six years in the future. Why does the charity turn around and sell it at a discount to market? Is that just to get it back and moving and get the cash in the charity's hand as fast as possible? The only way a property helps charity is if you sell it. It's the only way, unless you're going to use it. So 99.9% of the properties I get, I've already pre-sold it a lot of times. Not all the time, but I'll pre-sell it because if I take the property or any charity takes the property, you got holding costs here that are involved in this thing. They can be quite a lot. If there's a fire, the gets broken into something. So you got to have an exit strategy for everything that we do. And so the only way is to turn it into cash. Our equity partners, it really it really depends on the property, market value of the property and so on, so on, what we sell it for. But we sell them to move, I'll say fairly quickly. We don't want to hold them. Yeah, that's the only way we can help charity. What do you typically see folks donate and go through this process? Is this a lot of residential homes, a little bit of industrial, even some multifamily? I see mostly now commercial industrial and office. And I'll tell you why. Let's look at the house, the office industry since COVID. How many, what percent of people working at home now, right? And so now these landlords are on these office buildings with nobody in them. And now I, I can tell you, my wife's in the auto industry and they have a large office space. They haven't had five people in there in two years. So now they've closed that office space or leases up and they went somewhere else and they got a small little office for a couple people. So a lot of times it's very attractive to the owners of these buildings to do a bargain sale because what are they going to do with it? Unless you're going to repurpose it and do all that. Uh, we have the equity partners that do that kind of thing. So so that's opened up that market huge. And the same in manufacturing. A lot of the facilities, especially, you know, most of our donations aren't in Michigan, but even the ones here were so heavily auto-related. These are antiquated facilities. And so what do you do with them? So some of them will do a, we'll do a bargain sale, donate them. What can you do? Well, if they have 18, 20-foot ceilings, you put microbreweries in there. A lot of big stuff happened in downtown and every city, every community, you know. So there's ways to repurpose this thing. And I feel real good about that, that we're taking an ISO making it real nice. We're helping charity and we're helping the donor seller along the way. It's a great thing that helps everybody. So I'm seeing a majority of it now in that industrial, not so much the housing because the housing industry, as you know, wants skyrocket and people aren't going to donate it. They're skyrocketing. Now I'm not going to sell it. But when we went through, if you remember back about 10 years ago, when the real estate market fell and dropped, oh my God, I was getting 10 donations a week. And, and that really seems to me what the investor donor or the seller donor, as you said, they're typically going to donate some distressed asset that they would have a hard time. It's a way for them to achieve full market value, kind of a bifurcated approach, half tax or quarter tax, whatever it is, deduction, and then some cash at sale. So it makes sense that your assets that you're dealing with are going to track whatever's maybe not doing so great at that moment in the market cycle. You're absolutely right, Sam. I mean, consider that a business owner owns a building, he will get 100% of the fair market value out of that building. 100%. So between cash and tax deduction. So what's the bottom 
bottleneck in your business right now? You're working for Red. Um, is it harder finding donors? Is it? I would imagine actually finding buyers is not all that challenging considering the discounts that you're generally offloading these properties for. Our equity partners, our buyers, I qualify them all. You got to have solid buyers are going to do what they say they're going to do because you know people say, well, all you got to do is sell it. No, I, I don't have to just sell it. I want somebody to do something with it. I don't want them just to buy a distressed property and leave it like that and then let it go. So the buyers that I've had for years are qualified buyers. Our biggest challenge, our biggest by far 100% is educating people on, like we talked earlier, Sam, at the top of the show, I've never heard of this bargain sale. What is it? And so when people look at it, they think, well, are you talking smoke and mirrors here? Wait, what, what are you talking about? That's a big challenge that we're trying to, through our website, redusa.us, we're, we're trying to educate more about this. I'm talking to brokers. Consider this. Here's what a broker will say to me. Okay, it sounds great. I got a property for sale for a million dollars, $500,000 buyer $500,000 tax deduction. Well, how the heck do I get paid? Well, I mean, that's number one. I mean, I was a commercial broker with Lee and Associates. So I know the number one thing with commercial brokers is not usually what charity we're going to use is how am I going to get paid here? We pay them. Yeah, we pay you on the 500,000 cash. And if the owner is saving $400,000 in a tax deduction, gets paid on that too. Okay, so we'll pay them on that at the 6% and give them an opportunity. How about relisting the property and selling this for us at a discount? Now, you're making a lot more money. And if you think about it, Sam, this process, which normally will can take 30, 45 days, you're getting your money quicker. You're selling the property faster. Would I sacrifice $5,000 to sell the property in 30 days and then have a chance to resell it? Heck yeah, it wouldn't a heartbeat. So I've never, ever, ever lost a deal because a commercial broker said, I'm not getting paid enough. They usually get paid more than they would normally. Oh, that's interesting. What's a daily discipline, Bob, that's uh, brought you to where you are today? God, I'm a strong man of faith and everybody has a rainbow that they're born with. And I have followed mine. A lot of people don't follow it. This is a gift that I've had to be able to reach out and help people. I was a high school baseball coach for a long time, mentoring kids. I'm a son of a professional baseball player for 10 years. I have a big baseball family. My cousin is John Smoltz, pitched with Atlanta Braves for a long time. And I'm going to have him on my podcast next week. And so it's a calling. Everything else is details to me. When I know in the charities that I like to deal with, Sam, once I can reach out and touch these veterans, these two veterans, we gave away a, a house at Little Caesars Pizza Bowl on ESPN. You should, they were living in squalor. And you should have seen him. I worked in partnership with Bank of America and it was a mortgage-free house, mortgage-free. And the look on those little kids' faces, I also served on the board of directors at Children's Hospital of Michigan. If you ever think you're having a bad day, let me take over to Children's Hospital. And so we had this big endowment and this money we raised through this, a little bit through this program, created robots for doctors. And so a doctor sits in his office and these little robots like lost in space Go to the kid's room. And the kids love it. It can take their blood pressure and it talks, the doctor talks to them through the screen on a robot. To see stuff like that and see your smile like that is the same thing that hit me. And that's when I got to think, God says, you got to keep going on this thing. I don't want you to stop helping people. That's what we all should be doing is helping people. So that's what drives me every day. The rest of this stuff, the section 170, I picked it up on my own, learned about it. Everything, you know, like podcasting, you got to figure it out and do it. Get in, actually complete the job. Yeah. That's how I did it. It's not money driven at all. Everybody likes money, but it's not money driven. It's the giving back to helping other people. That's my biggest thing. So I chose 
my business background with a degree in economics and my real estate background to create this system. There's not many people doing this in the country. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I appreciate you sharing your heart with us, Bob. That It's really cool what you guys are doing over at Red. If folks want to reach out, learn more about what you're doing, maybe they've got a property that they're interested in unloading um, and this methodology is appealing to them. How can they get in touch with you? There's a couple ways. Let me give you a couple ways. Uh, the easiest way to get hold of me. I mean, I have a work email, but my simple email. Some of you just email Coach Bob Miller at yahoo.com. Just Coach Bob Miller. And then they can do it that way. Our website, again, is www.redusa.us is our website. I'm on all the social medias and I have no issue giving my phone number out. It's 248-568-2448, 568-2448, And then get a hold of me. And at the very least, what I can do to them, I'm a straight up guy, okay? I'll tell you if it works for you or not. They can describe the property. And I say, well, you know, they're going to talk to their CPA. They're going to talk to their lawyer, but I'll give them an idea if this thing's going to work for them. I'm not going to waste their time. I don't waste anybody's time. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us, Bob. Thank you to our audience uh, for joining us on another episode of the Real Estate Syndication Show. I'm your host, Sam Rust, signing off. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share it with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day.